Hi, I'm Aaron, and welcome to the Slim, Fitty, and Biggie Committee podcast, where me and my best friends, Danny and Matt, take a deep dive into hip-hop, the genre that has formed an integral part of our lives. Please like, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram at the underscore Slim, Fitty, Biggie Committee, and stay tuned for any upcoming podcast news. Coming up on today's show, I caught up with Don Elway, a San Diego rapper who has had a career spanning over 10 years. He also recently dropped his new single, FTSU, so don't forget to check it out. It was an absolute pleasure talking to him, and I hope you enjoy. But enough from me, let's get into it. I'm just, I'm just glad I got a hold of you because um, I've followed a little bit of your career. You've actually been in the in the hip hop game for a long time now, so you know a lot That's of people right, are man. coming up. I saw that you know you re- started releasing albums in 2009. That's that's a long career that you've had. You know, we're looking at yeah, yeah. 11 years. Right. So, talk to me about how how you got into hip hop. So, you know, what was your what was your upbringing like, and so what got you into hip hop? Well, shit, um, you know, I, I was born in Los Angeles, in, like, South Central Los Angeles, um, in the jungles and shit. So my brother, my brother was a big influence on me. Mm-hmm. And he ended up getting into a lot of trouble in the L.A. streets. My mom's from San Diego, so we ended yeah. up moving back here when I was, like, eight. Yeah. And then um, the, the neighborhood I moved to, in, in City Heights, East Dago, they, um, my boy, Adonis the Hottest, that's, that's my ace, that's my best friend, that's my brother. Mm-hmm. He, um, he, he was... Excuse me, damn. That was him calling me. That's funny. I just talked him up. But um, his ears were burning. Yeah, right. His ears burning like a motherfucker. So yeah, yeah. So he was already doing shows at the age of eight, and, and so so I wanted to be a basketball player, but he he was doing music, and I was like, I got some rhymes. I wrote my first rap, and that's that's how it pretty much started. But um, to go what you were saying about like as far as like you know the promising career and all that, coming up how I came up, like you know coming from where I come from, that's. It's not promising, but that it's worth chasing. It's, it's, it's just like the little ghetto kid that want to be in the NBA. You feel me? We either want to play ball. You feel me? It's very few. I wish more people wanted, more of us wanted to be lawyers and shit. But you know, I guess that'll come. But you know, we feel like we can rap and, and jump and run. You feel me? And that's that is what we do good and shit. So I was like I said, I had hoop dreams first, and I dropped the basketball and picked up the mic, and then it was a wrap. You know, it's interesting. You know, the the way that the things happen. Because um, something that you know, I've I've been obsessed with hip hop since I was young. So um, for you, you know, you went into wanting to be a basketball player. As I can see you repping the the Lakers jersey as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I was baby, I was baby Iverson. I was baby Iverson back in my day, man. That's a, that's a fun fact. It's a fun fact. But now, what you were saying? I was just gonna say, in terms of for yourself, because obviously, you know, you started quite young. You know, your best friend, you started rapping. When he was eight, so how did you start making your way into that sort of career? What were your next steps from there when you decided to, you know, what? Let's give this a crack. I wrote my first rap, and then it was kind of, you know, it's funny though because I was smart enough to know like it wasn't trash. You feel me? But I still was my first rap. It was like some little nursery rhyme type shit, feet, yeah. meat, seat. You know what I mean? So, but I think the feeling, the feeling of making music, the same feeling I get now. That's like. Uh, the stage in the um the stage in the studio is my favorite place to be damn near you yeah. feel me the bank too of course but you know the stage <laughs> fuck you know if they say if money didn't exist would you be doing what you're doing in life and that's that's me you feel me yeah i'm sure i'm sure the motherfucker that work at mcdonald's would not fuck with mcdonald's if money didn't exist 
So, so that's it's really more of a feeling. It's really more of a feeling. I felt it when I did it. That's how basketball was. It's just that, I guess this called my name a little more because I used to love. I used to wake up four in the morning. I'm eight years old, waking up four in the morning to go uh, practice because I know I heard Damn. that's what Michael Jordan was doing. You feel me? My dad, I didn't have it. My dad wasn't there, so usually you have a dad or somebody that pushes you to do that if you're eight. Yeah. I'm 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 watching movies. I know if I want to be great, I better get my ass up at four in the morning, and I still got school. So I'm going to go yeah. run these suicides across the street, my school across the street anyway, so I can go sneak outside to, to practice and then get back with it. So I, I took that same passion and put it in my rap shit, and I ain't look back, you feel me? So, so what do you think it was that gave you that drive? You know, not everyone has that drive. It sounds like you were motivated very young, and I don't think a lot of people have that. So what do you think kind of motivated you in that sense? Uh, that's a good question. I could say a lot of, like, in hindsight, because, you know, when I'm, I, I, um, you know, I got I got a bigger understanding on life where I'm trying to get it at least. So, you know, I'm, I'm uh, learning new things every day. But as a kid, like I said, because of what I'm finna say, as a kid, I wouldn't think about none of that shit. But like right now, it's like I feel like I was chosen to be who I am. Like rapping is going to be the tip of the iceberg. But <laughs> I was put here to, to make some big changes on, you know, and I'm already like the mediator of my section. I'm like, I'm well respected in Dago to the point where like, not too many people can go to any hood in San Diego because people don't know San Diego for for their for their uh, or I would say urban culture. You know what yeah, I mean? it's gonna glorify gang banging and gangster shit, but we got that too. But I'm saying our old urban culture, period, to the point where they like, there's rappers in Dago. Hell yeah, it's gang bangers yeah. in Dago. Hell yeah, it's all that in San Diego, but it don't sound like it. It's like when I was young, I didn't think fucking Utah would be crazy, but if you go to Utah, they going crazy out there. Yeah. So 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 to answer that, it was just like. I, was, I wanted to rap my city, you feel me? And I wanted to show it. And, and that's one of the first things somebody told me when I started rapping. I was eight years old, and they still say this in the city right now. Nobody never made it from San Diego, so you're going to have to leave to do it. Yeah. And they still say that to this day, you feel me? I'm finna be, I'm, I'm finna be 30, and they still saying that same shit from when I was eight years old. You always get haters in your life that say, you know, you got to leave, you got to do something, but, you know, we can see that you forged your own path and your own way. So, you know, coming from... Eight years old, you you did your first rap. It was you know nursery school rhymes, as you said. Yeah, yeah. How did the journey continue from there? So did you get the rush straight away, or were you kind of, kind of, kind of? And then it's like, of course, I'm listening to like um, Tupac and like little favorite. Honestly, at the time, that's when Will Smith was big. To be honest, a lot of people don't even know this, but Will Smith was popping with the movies, and he had the Big Willie style album, getting jiggy with yeah. it. First platinum album without cussing and all that shit. So my mom had bought me that because there wasn't no cussing in it. Mind you, I'm eight. That nigga Will Smith was born though. That nigga Will Smith had bars. He still got him. He, he old and shit. But so so it's a couple getting jiggy with it and a couple songs was my shit. And that just made me want to have fun with it. But then I listened to Tupac. That made me want to put my my story and my pain in it. So mm. um and then Max, you know, Max was popping back then. He had bars. That made me want to flip the bars around and do the rhyme scheme because Max had a mean ass rhyme scheme. You feel me? The shit that like like you can play Max shit right now from '96. He's yeah. still out barring it because it ain't gonna sound like some old school hip hop. He still got some shit that I could rap his verse right now and it's gonna be relevant. You feel me? So yeah, I, well, I like the mix too. I like the mix too. But like I said, what what got me to keep it going was the feeling in in the fact that my best friend right here that I see every day, he getting girls from it. He making type music <laughs> that I want to listen to from it. This is a the whole shit. I just liked it. You feel me? That's what I wanted to do. And then it got stronger and stronger to the point where, because Adonis then had a record that we was 12 years old. Um, if you heard of the nigga that sing Computer Love, his name is um, Zap. 
Roger Troutman. So Adonis signed to his son, Robert Troutman. And, uh, you know, it was like a little deal. He's 12 years old. We performed at the House of Blues. I remember, like, B2K was, was signed to the same people before they blew up, all type of shit. So he's, like, nine years old. I'm, I'm 10 and watching him go through this. I'm like, yeah, I'm next. We're about to blow up, and I'm next. You feel me? Yeah. So it didn't go like that. It just turned into a big-ass – I call it, like, school. We went to school for that. That was, like, rap school. Because mm. now we know what a good mix sound like. You feel me? At eight years old, we knew – what a good mix and pro tool is supposed to sound like. Yeah. So 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 from then we was doomed. We couldn't settle for the garage band and all that that shit. You feel me? We had to have crispy sound, pro tools. The first time we recorded was on pro tools, you feel me? Some motherfuckers yeah. gotta work their way up. So and that's back then. It was more expensive to do that shit. So the record label was paying for it. So I felt like we was already going somewhere and I knew we had talent. And I knew my boy had talent. He's making me getting better. So fast forward, he done he went through a lot of shit and I honestly, obviously it didn't pan out, right? So that could make somebody say, fuck this, I'm finna stay in these streets and get this money the way I know it. Yeah. That's that's what he did for a while. And then that's when I turned up. This is 2010 when I dropped my first album, Elwhere Nowhere. That's when I turned up and then now the city know my name. Every corner of the city is peeking at me and respecting me, you know what I mean? On, some, on face value, on 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 what the, they seen me before they, this album came out. So now the album come out, they fucking with a solid nigga in these streets, you feel me? Yeah. Stand up nigga. So Adonis see that, he got a song when he said that too. He said, just when I started giving up, my nigga Elway set it on fire, perfect timing. You feel me? Yeah. He was, he was done. He was done. Think about being a, have a record deal at eight years old. You have another one at like 10 or 12 years old. You're on tour. And then now you're 25 plus and you're looking for your next book. You feel me? So he probably said, fuck this rap shit. You feel me? But I, I still I still sing. And I didn't taste as much as he tasted. That was his record deal. So I'm still yeah. like, man, we got this shit, man. We finna get this shit. So it's still taking longer than expected, but even like Nipsey, you feel me? Prophetic, that's a marathon. So we want longevity anyway. So yeah. anybody that got it fast, we probably don't remember their name no more. So we gonna, we gonna get it, we gonna, we gonna uh, what they say, you could you could uh, run down and get some or you could walk down and get them all and we want it all, you feel me? Yeah, well, I think you touch on a few good points there. So obviously, you know, a lot of people forget, but you are definitely right. Will Smith, I think, you know, he's in the top five of album sales of all time. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, you touched on something really important. It was he he found that era of young people into hip hop, and then you know your mom got the album for you because it was clean. I think he did something that you know almost revolutionized the game in a way. And for you starting so young, how how have you stayed so motivated? Because when you're young, you have all these ideas, and now you're looking twenty five plus, and you know over. Uh, that's something like certain, like you said, like my mom would be like, "You don't want to get a job." I'm like. I done had a couple jobs before just to see, you know, I'm 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 open minded, so I know that's not my that's not what I was here for. I don't know, like some some people I know, family, my grandma might say that sounds cocky, you know what I mean, or all that shit. But I feel like you know I believe in God, like you know I'm not attached to any religion, mm. but I believe in God. we grew up Christian, so I feel like God, like if you want to go by the Christian the the, the Christian uh, retrospect, God made carpenters, He made uh uh uh. He made all type of people, carpenters, yeah. builders, blockers, queens, kings. He made Jesus. He made everybody got their own role. So I don't feel like I'm a carpenter. I don't, or you know, or yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the gist of it. It's it's a feeling. You feel me? So I know I was here to do something. And the fact that every, everything that happened in my life, even for my brother dying, he died. I feel like he died to, to be. A, he died for a lot of reasons, but yeah. it's like he died to be my angel too. And everybody else that didn't pass, I feel like they're gonna push us. They're gonna push us forward more. And it's crazy in my city. A lot of people have been dying just unexpectedly, like not even from violence. Yeah. And they 
they they happen to be like shout out my nigga mucho rp mucho that he, he just had like a like the way if you would have seen his funeral you would have thought he was nipsey hustle himself dude he had a big ass funeral the whole city is on it everybody's instagram is flooded with him and he wasn't a rapper you yeah. feel me he had the whole world i mean not the whole world the whole city on his shit you feel me when he passed blocking off freeways you feel me for 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 yeah. a, street, a street nigga that just kept it real so even him, him passing is like pushing us forward too. I feel like we got angels out here. San Diego finna break. It's like when Atlanta, Atlanta couldn't break, and then now that's all you hear is Atlanta. Everybody wanna be like Atlanta. I feel like Dago got that much arsenal right now. It's like we're so untapped. It's like an untapped reservoir. So the first is like, ah, nothing over there. There's nothing over there. We're not gonna go over to that desert. Why go over there? Then you go over there and actually dig, and it's fucking the most gold you ever seen. Yeah. Well, something I wanted to touch on, I did see on your Instagram, you know, you've done a few rest in peace posts um, to your brother. I did want to touch on, if you don't mind, how that affects you. Obviously, you know, I've got two younger brothers and I can't imagine losing uh, Yeah, that's part of the victory. Because I bring him up a lot. Like, because, you know, before he died, I had a different outlook on life. I just, whatever I was, whatever outlook I was born with, that's what the fuck I was out here just learning as I go. My brother died so like unexpectedly and random as fuck to where it made me try to search for shit, you know? So I'm researching nigga, my culture. I'm research, I was researching, I was just reading a lot of shit that I wouldn't have read. I actually never liked reading, you feel me? Yeah. So I'd be reading a lot more. And um, so my brother passed, so I bring him up a lot, but it's just like some people, I don't want nobody to think it's ever a pity part. I'm never sad bringing him up. If I'm sad thinking about my brother, I'm only alone. If I yeah. bring him up around people, I don't want you to think it's no kind of pity. I don't want you to be like, sorry for that. Even you can, but it's no pity. If I bring him up, I want to teach you a lesson that it taught me. Or if I bring him up, it's, it's some kind of example with it. You feel me? So um, so when he, he passed, he got he got killed in uh, East Dago, California. He, um, my brother's a, uh, he a blood. He's from um, the jungles. I don't know if you yeah. ever heard of that, but that's, that's, a, that's a hood in, um, in Los Angeles. You feel me? Yeah. That's where we, that's where we was at. My, my dad from LA. So that's where we was at. And, um, so he was out here. He lived his whole life. What Nip say? How you bang? How you? He died thirty something after banging all them years. My nigga yeah. died at thirty four years old, on his day off. He didn't have no days off. You feel me? He, he had his good job to where he was working seven days a week. And in my mind, I tell you, this nigga was fifteen years old with like three candy painted Chevys and shit in L.A. Because that's crack era. You feel me? Yeah. So he didn't have money and never went to jail for it. He, he lived life how he wanted to, and then once he slowed down and whatever God took him, and it was like. It was just so prophetic. Everything lined up to where I couldn't be that mad about it. Like from his last, his last talks to motherfuckers and shit. He was telling motherfuckers, like his coworkers, his family members, his homies. He like, Stephen told me, man, he's gonna get his life right with God because you yeah. never know when it's your last day. And that's what he told like ten people within a week or two of him dying. Like, your wow. brother just told me that. The last thing he told me was he's gonna get his life right because you never know when it's your time and shit like that. So, you know, even with Nipsey, like I keep, I bring up references so people can understand. Even if you don't understand mine, you can understand, like, even Nip. I feel like his spirit knew it was time to go because, shit, you feel me? He could have avoided that easily, for one. My brother could have, too. He could have stayed your ass in the house, you know, you know what I mean? But, and then for two, his last tweet, you know what I mean? Like, it seemed like he knew what was up. And then that's all he spoke about. So, Tupac, too, it's like, God know when he's going to take his angels. He let them know. Hopefully they pure by then. Shout out my boy, uh, Don Clack in Dago. That, it's, it's a young nigga named... Uh, that's my heart, my nigga Hog and shit. He he got he got killed too, and um I remember him being a young knucklehead. You feel me? To so the game bang, he from Lincoln Park, uh, it's a hood in my city. But that's my boy, and he 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 was a knucklehead growing up. 
and then he still was with the shit and he's still doing this shit but i saw a growth in him and i seen like mm. I, I couldn't put my finger on it but i seen like something in him that i'm like proud of him and it was it was a good thing so when he passed I, that's what i seen he was already an angel at that time you feel me like i don't know i can't explain it because like like he was a he was he was a gangster he all the shit but he'll say a prayer for everybody he's the only one hey bro before we Nigga, we could be finna fucking rob somebody. Hey, let's say a prayer first. He's he's the one that's gonna yeah. say it. Feel me? So just shit like that, like, and then that's the one that get killed out of everybody. So it's like it's prophetic. Nip's the only one that's pulling everybody together. So it's like Malcolm X, whoever. When they die, it's like it's supposed to open somebody's eyes. When when a big force like that dies, it's supposed to open somebody's eyes. So that's why his force, his, his death was felt so much. Like even my mom didn't really know who he was. So, but she felt it because she seen it everywhere. He wasn't even the biggest mm-hmm. rapper, but the way he died, he was bigger than Jay Z. Yeah. Feel me? Yeah, I, I remember hearing it. about it. It was everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. And um whether you liked his music or not, you couldn't deny his impact on you Obama know, wrote him a letter. That's it. Obama wrote him a letter. Uh uh, he has a song saying that nigga got a song saying like when I die, play Stevie Wonder and shit. Stevie Wonder actually played live at his shit. <laughs> that's nigga. That that's so 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 all that and, and if you listen to Nipsey music, he said he been felt that feeling. He been new. Well, I always knew I was gonna do it real big. They picked that at the funeral. Yeah. So, so when you ask me what drives me, I feel that still. It's, that fire never went away. Some people lose it for whatever reason, but it's like I can't take no for an answer. The fire to the point where I tell motherfuckers so they know how serious I am. I tell my mom too. I will die before I stop chasing this mom. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, you know, you bring up a, a lot of different things, but something that I find interesting is obviously, you know. We've got this gang culture that comes from hip hop. You know, you've got NWA, you know, saying fuck the police. And right now we've still got young people, you know, getting involved in gangs and then later on realizing that potentially that wasn't the best move. So how do you attribute people, um, especially in in San Diego and LA, what do you think attracts them to that type of lifestyle? And then what do you think it will take to get them outside of it? Because it feels like, you know, you found your own path. You found your own way outside of it and to, you know, influence people in a positive way. Yeah, I think it got to be in you because, like, because uh, honestly, it's like, hey, what, what is your nationality, bro, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, my both my parents are Russian, but uh, I was born here in Australia, so Melbourne, Australia. So for whatever reason, I remember when I got into hip-hop, it was one of our family friends they brought they went to America and it was back when 50 Cent was getting yeah. big. You know, he dropped Get Rich or Die Trying. Oh, and they okay, put okay. it on as a joke. Right. And like, and I, it just blew my mind. I've been obsessed like ever since that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so look, with no offense, you know, because I'm, I'm so past any kind of um, unneeded, uh, unneeded vendetta. I don't know what to call it, but like, you know, the, 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 for, to answer what you were saying, like, when is it going to stop for the game and shit? I kind of compare it to racism in America, you know? And it's like, yeah. that's a big question. What could it take yeah. to stop that? Who can stop it? Why were they doing it? Why did it start? You know what I mean? It's, well, it's exact, crazy. So, so that's why I, I wanted to bring that up because it's the exact same shit. So it's like, I done been in so much, there's no one answer to none of them questions. And it's probably never, who knows, you know? Because it's like, why, why all this shit? You feel yeah. me? Because honestly, gangbanging is, I don't want to get too deep into this, but just, Real quick, gang banging is a direct result of racism, damn near. Because people, the, they made the Black Panthers, quick little, quick little history. They made the Black Panthers, they dismantled them, and then you got Bloods and Crips and different little uh, groups trying to finish what they did. Yeah. And then you got the government 
somehow getting them to turn on each other because we don't need them unifying. We got to get them to turn on each other, right? And then we make up this shit called crack that we know they're going to go crazy for. Some yeah. will smoke it and realize they shouldn't have. Some will sell it and get a trillion dollars off of it. And then now they're, they're, they're shooting each other over territories. Now it's like one person died. Now we're going to go back and forth. So now it's back and forth yeah. for whatever reason. And it's deeper than that, but that was just the... Uh, the, the the summary of it for idiots you feel me yeah but well, not uh, i think you so, touch on a so really good point like i think you mentioned yeah. something really important and i you know i look from the outside in with with everything that's happening in the u.s right now and the the black lives matter and it surprises me that this is a conversation that needs to be had because i yeah, i always you know. feel that the best way forward and you touch on it as well is that you know kindness and treating everybody with respect and regardless of where you come from, regardless of your denomination, regardless of what you look like. Um, and I, and it surprises me that when you listen to old hip hop albums, you know, they literally talk about the same shit that's happening right now. Um, and it, it, exactly. it makes me sad. It makes me sad because we review hip hop albums on this podcast as well. And every single podcast, we say the same thing. I don't understand why it's taking so long. I don't understand why nah, but honestly not to be the not to be the um the 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 party pooer but we're in a country that designed that fucking entity that hate whatever whether it's game banging or racism or fuck donald trump that's why at this point i'm not mad at donald trump that's not my friend i don't like you know i don't hate him or love him mm. that i know i know that's put for me they're trying to make me you know what i mean mad the yeah. news all that shit i don't watch the news so it's like at the end of the day this is a system that was built and it's being built more. It's still, it's, it's still a plan. So even you see how Black Lives Matter started as some shit that I don't know who started it, but it was smaller. Now it's a corporation. Yeah. Oh, we can make money off this. So I bet you somebody racist is running that motherfucker. Maybe not, but yeah. you know, that's Hopefully how this not. country gets. No, no, but that's how this country gets. Yeah. Once it, now it's a big ass corporation that everybody. First it was all life matters. Now y'all want to be. I mean, but whatever. Like I said, I don't get mad. I don't get bitter about it. I just know. Like I said, if you get you get you you learn something about life, you know that it 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 all boils down to love and respect and shit like that. So it's like, of course, defend yourself by any means. Yeah. I'm sure you're not like a a guy that fights all the time. But if somebody come and slap you, you might have to, you're gonna have to slap him back. And that don't mean yeah. you don't love him. You know, you know what I mean? I don't mean you don't got no love in you. So that's common sense. Defend yourself, of course. Um, you feel me? It's, it's regular shit. But so it's a motherfucker that hates you, just hates you, just. It's, it's something deeper than that and it's something they was taught, you feel me? So in yeah. America's keep teaching them by, by dividing shit, you feel me? That's why I don't, I don't really look at, that's why I don't go protest no more because Martin Luther King started protesting and that was for a reason and it worked. They boycotted, shit happened. The yeah. bus got shut down and they say, okay, we're sorry. We're going to change something. Oh, y'all boycotted, sorry. We're going to change something. Now it's just, we just boycotted. Feel me? Now we just boycotting just to be outside. Some people got it for the real reason. Some people need some attention. Some people just want to get out the house. It's a lot of reasons, so it's like I'm not with the boycott, but we could go behind the scenes and, and really uh, uh, make arrangements and do these meetings and whatever shit. Or we can go to the actual building or something. You know what I mean, we could do something more productive than than the method that we, they tried back then. Because you know, they some people say Martin Luther King's dream was fulfilled. It's cool that I get to go in the same store and don't gotta see a white only. That's real good. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was it it was look, look this is America back in the day, like this, yeah. you know, towards us. Now it's just, feel me, yeah. fuck you with a smile. So it's like, that's why I'm not mad at Donald Trump. Donald Trump is exactly the same as George Bush, same as all these motherfuckers. So we're trying to act like he's the worst. 
No, he just speaks his mind. I, I wish I, if George Bush and any of them motherfuckers spoke their mind, it'll be just as bad or worse. Because I don't think Donald Trump is even racist. He's just Donald Trump. He gives a fuck about himself more than white, black, and his kids. Mm. You feel me? He cares about Donald Trump and his money. And you feel me? For yeah, sure. I think the scary that's why, thing. That's why he's doing all that EDD, whatever it's called. He's giving that shit away. Maybe it's not his decision, but he knows. He's like, man, I had to do this to win. I had to be fucking Donald Trump to win. But yeah. I'm going to give y'all, I'm going to bless y'all with something. Because he is the first president to give us give motherfucking shit <laughs> like that yeah. on that scale. So it's like, hey, whatever. I'm not I'm not going to praise you for that either, though. So it is what it is, and it ain't what it ain't, bro. Yeah, I think the, the challenge is the system allows people like that to get into office. And I'm sure we can all turn around and agree, you know, even here in Australia, that the challenge is that all the people we want to be leaders are all people who probably don't want it and who are, you know, happy in their lives and, you know, influencing their own communities and just, you know, centralizing what they're doing. Like if I turn around and look at you, you know, you're, you have aspirations to change your community. You have aspirations to motivate no, I'm not, young I'm people. I'm the leader, though. I feel like I'm the leader. That's why That's why my name is Don Elway. My name was always Young Don, not to cut you off, but my name was Young Don in my hood. So I kind of was playing with, I used to say Don Marino, Don Hancock. Don Elway kind of stuck, stuck for a lot of reasons. It manifested the other shit, mm. but we're going to stay on the surface. Cause, um, but like I said, so so me and Don Elway, that means I'm the quarterback of my team, the captain yeah. of my team. I would like to be the leader. I'm not the, the biggest rudeness tootness nigga from over there, but I'm I am the leader. I'm a leader. I feel like that in in shit. They tell you to you feel me. I'm I'm the representation yeah. for my hood. Everywhere I go, I represent it well. And then you feel me. They 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 know what's up. So I'm a leader. I will call myself a leader, and I do want to change. But a real leader gonna want to bring real change if need be. You feel me? Yeah. So I just want to bring up. I love the the tag. Don Elway or no way? I always uh, that's been stuck in my head ever since I was looking. Uh, yeah, I love that. So if we switch back into going, you know, we we touched on a few political things. If we switch back to more of you know your hip hop career, so I think you know we were talking about you know you were a teenager, you're you're coming up. Um, how did you you go out and you know in two thousand nine you you dropped your your album? So what was the process like to get to a point where you're like, all right, I've got enough music to now feel comfortable to drop an album. Hey, yeah, shout out my nigga Jimmy Swag, man. My boy Jimmy Swag. He, Cause I dropped it January 1st, 2000. I was working on this album called It's My Turn all through high school. It's just, yeah. you know, I'm in high school grinding and shit. I ain't really got no money like that. I'm, I, I remember I started like selling shit like at, a, at like junior year, but that was just to get fresh and shit. Cause mom didn't give me no money. She didn't really have it for me. So I had to go get my own little 120 bucks to last me for a couple of days. Give me a little weed sack and all this shit. But, but, um, yeah, I fucking, um, I was taking a bus to the studio across the town. Well, not one across the town. I, I just, ha I just happened to live in San Diego. I mean, in, uh, I lived in the coast. It's, uh, it's, it's Southeast. I lived in Southeast. Uh, for a while in high school and shit. So I was taking a bus back to East Dago to my boy, Jimmy Swag. Shout out Jimmy Swag too, man. He got me smashing. Yeah. But now, taking a bus down to his studio and he was letting me, he was making me beats and he was recording me for free. And I appreciate that dude because um, that's how I made Elway or No Way. You feel me? And um, yeah, that was the first album. I was, I, I, like I said, I, every Monday I go record until I had enough song. And I'm, I'm a hip hop kid. So even right now, I'm, I'm working on the album and everybody don't view albums like the way I still view them. So like, 
I got to I'm finna come with a little EP first, then I probably yeah. drop a deluxe because I like full albums. You feel me? I like to sit there and listen. I don't I don't, I don't even want to hear. It. I'm gonna skip past the single because we heard it already. But yeah. we're gonna listen to it from one to twenty or whatever the fuck you got, and we're gonna judge the album, see if it's a classic. That's what I yeah. do. You feel me? Like watching the game. We gonna we gonna watch this whole game and we're gonna see who won and who's the MVP. So like you know, it's a sport for me. So so just like, just, like when you called me, I was bumping that new Dom Kennedy. Shout out Dom yeah. Kennedy. He delivered. My boy delivered. I know he's been on the drop for a little bit. A lot of his fans been looking for some shit. So I'm a Dom Kennedy fan and I was happy about it. So feel me, but just shit like that. So yeah. And so starting quite young. How did you? How do you feel the game has changed? Obviously, you know when your influences are park early, and you know you're hearing old school hip hop, very different beats to the beats that we have now. You know we have more of a trap beat, and you know people are starting to use more auto tune. All that kind of stuff has has come into the hip hop world. How do you see that transition, and how has it changed your music? It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's all for the better. I feel like change is always good. Even if it's negative change, because that should that should help you get it positive, or you get to open your eyes to the negative. But um, I remember I was being, uh, you know, auto tune first come on. I want to keep. I'm like it's hip hop. Hip hop always was based on originality. You know, I didn't did my research since I was young, so it's like the the whole aura of hip hop was like nigga, you couldn't even like 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 kind of like gangbanging. You can't post on this block if you ain't. You know what I mean, don't act. Like you from here, you ain't doing that shit. Don't talk. Yeah. You know I mean, we gonna pull your card. So even with with rap shit, rap started off on some real shit. Like nigga, they I heard nigga in New York, especially you couldn't even pick the pick the mic up if you wasn't a credible nigga. Like you a weird ass nigga. Give me the mic. You can't rap. You're not yeah. gonna rap. We're gonna let him <laughs> rap. You feel me? Even if you tight as fuck, we're gonna. You're you're a mark. You're not rapping. And then at the same time, if you sounded like anyone else, ah, shut up. We don't want to hear it. You feel me? Yeah. So that's what I grew up off of. So like I like to say, like a lot of people tell me, and I and you know, I never thought of it until somebody told me. They were like, Don, I like you because you don't sound like nobody. Mm. I can't pick nobody you sound like. And then unbiasedly, I try to step outside my body and listen. I'm like, I mean, because I know who I'm influenced by. So even yeah. me, I don't care. Everybody has an influence. So I can hear my influence. Like in high school, my favorite rapper is Lil Wayne. Yeah. And I take that versatility. Like Lil Wayne can hop on any song and make it his song. Like, we can make a song about crying and sad shit. He gonna somehow make it gangster or however you wanna make it. He gonna make, I make that pussy cry until she's sad. Yeah. Like, you know Wayne, <laughs> he gonna make anything his shit. And I can do that, you feel me? Yeah. And I probably, from listening to him so much. And then Tupac, I can bring the pain, I can bring the, you know what I mean? Just, so my influences, I hear him in my music, but I disguise it well, cause I don't, I wanna be original too. I want, yeah. I'd rather somebody come bite my style than me bite their style, you feel me? But you know, like I said, so I, I, I adapted. First, I was being um, a little bit like, ah, this new shit is weird. But I remember a time where, shit, what 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 what, what we like wasn't it? Oh, y'all like Nelly and all that. Uh, y'all like fucking Eminem. You know what I mean, yeah. Lil Wayne, all that. All the old niggas told me Lil Wayne suck. You feel me? So who am I to tell these young niggas Uzi Vert is not tight? Cause yeah. he's auto tuning all the time. You feel me? And then when I be unbiased, I let my ear down. Now I like some Uzi verse songs. That was not my cup of tea. Just being yeah. a straight hip hop head, purple hair and all that shit. Me being biased. But like I, but but even when rap started, I wasn't born in the seventies. But from what I'm hearing, rap period was some shit that the older niggas. Cause like if you, if you're young in the seventies, most likely the people older than you are listening to jazz and nothing. Yeah. Rap, you feel me? So like some I got uncles that told me. I got uncles that told me they did drive bys to fucking Isley Brothers. 
Imagine that. You feel me? Killing niggas yeah. to, a, to the most beautiful song you ever heard. You know. <laughs> so 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 think about that. They love Isley Brothers, and then you got somebody hip hop and hip it. You got motherfucker come in and like, what the fuck is this weird shit? Yeah. And you fast forward. Uh, uh, that shit comes to California and it's cruising down the street in my six foe. The New York niggas is like, what the fuck is this shit? What is a six yeah. foe? Then you fast forward to my time to where it's Lil Wayne. They like ah, and then Auto Tune. Uh, comes in because yeah. Wayne had everybody trying to be like him or tattoo face, all that. So then the auto tune comes in, it's like the older niggas, like, ah, like, like Jay Z, you keep paying in too much, Jay Z. Old niggas is gonna be rebellious. So yeah. we come back to now, I'm getting older and I'm seeing the young shit and I can't help but to embrace it because I just seen history repeat itself. Them young niggas is where it's at. Jay Z was the young nigga, Lil Wayne was the young nigga, Tupac was the young nigga, he died at 25. Yeah. So you think Tupac was worried about what old-ass uh, uh, old Kumo D had to feel about him? Tupac was the latest nigga. He's 25, and niggas that was 35 didn't like the way he was doing the rap game. So it's like the, you got to make way for these young niggas, man. They got it. And then, you know, they're going to help us keep up. And then we're going to give them the wisdom if they, if they want to listen. Well, the, the thing that I love about hip-hop is how quickly it changes. We're not sitting in the same era all the time, you know. From right. the time you started listening to hip hop, the changes that you've got are always moving forward. So there's always things happening. And that's, I think, you know, one of the most exciting things about hip hop as a genre. And so you're leading the way. If I listen to the first album that you drop versus the music that you drop now, you can see a change in terms of the sure. style and you can see a development in the way that you're doing music. Yeah, Excuse me, y'all, man. I'm, I'm, I'm actually on the road. You know, I only do this for, for the good ones, man. So I, my, my boy said he wanted to do the interview. I'm on the road. I'm on this little tour. I'm gonna, um, on the way to Houston and shit. So, yeah. So excuse me. My background, my background ain't a set background. I'm moving around, but I hope y'all can hear me good. It sounds good. Well, you know, the, the, the life of an artist is sometimes not so glamorous. Obviously, you gotta, you know, you gotta get to shows, and you know, there's a lot of travel, but the the quality of stuff that comes out is all that matters so um when it comes to you know you released a new single ftsu as well and um, that came out recently so and you just said as well that you're you're working on an album so how far away is that from dropping stfu fuck that shit up ftsu yeah you're right right so what'd you say again so you're working I forgot, on... I forgot my song was called that. My bad. I'm over here. <laughs> like, what is that? But <laughs> yeah, I forgot you... I abbreviated it instead of spelling it out. That's all good, but man. Yeah, what'd you say? Um, I was just saying, you know, you're still working on, on stuff. You're obviously still working on an album. So what have you got coming uh, for your fans? Like, what's what's the next thing that you're going to drop? Do you have a time frame on that? I don't got a time frame, but it's coming real soon for sure. Um, uh, my, my next project is going to be called The Difference. You feel me? It's called The Difference, I and um, uh, I was finished with it. I was going to do 11 songs, but I've been, rec- I've been recording like crazy, and the shit, you know, the newer shit always going to be fire, so like, it's like I'm adding a new song each time, and it's like, but still, like I said, it's a new game to where motherfuckers are dropping two albums on one day, and then they'll drop yeah. a deluxe the next day, and all that shit, so I'm still trying to be strategic, like it's, it's, it's but it's, like it's back in the day to where I'm trying to lead it up and, and build the anticipation, all that shit. I'm gonna still do my promotion, but I know for the most part I'm a um shit. If you're watching this, you exclusive anyway, because if you're watching this, that means you're an Elway fan, so you're getting it first here because I wasn't gonna tell nobody. But look, I'm a um the album called The Difference. I'm gonna do a short EP for the release. 
and then um and then after uh after like a month or so I'm gonna drop all the rest of the songs. So it's probably like 11, 11, uh, seven to eleven songs for the first release, and then I'm gonna drop the deluxe, the deluxe or the whatever. I'm probably give it a different name, be different, but um I'm gonna drop that with like another 10 new songs along with the ones that are already dropped, like a deluxe. So, um, yeah. And so and at I the moment, in yeah. terms of the, the beats that you look for, cause I've, I've listened to a few of your tracks. Like you've had a few tracks with soul samples on there. Like I love the track that you did 1998. Like that, right. that shit I, I fuck with all day. Um, so like, that's my soft spot. I love a soul sample. Um, and I just love the the contrast with heavy drums, and you know, now now we're getting into into the more trappy beat. But what do you look for at the moment when you're looking for beats, and what you want to rap over? I got that versatility, like, like I was telling you. So honestly, like sometimes some of the beats that I like, I got a song called Flight that a lot of my it's like a more alternative, versatile song where I was talking about more pain, and I was I was really um. It's more of a catchy song for the radio. That's what I did. I auto-tuned it and all that. So yeah. uh, that beat, if like if, if you were to listen to that, I made a hit. That shit slapped me. But if you listen to the beat by itself, you 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 probably, I don't know nobody that probably would have picked that beat that I know. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like my homeboys that rap or whoever. That beat wasn't all that. But once you hear the lyrics over it, it's the shit. So I don't know. I think I got to feel it. But I do I do like Cali beats, Cali-ish beats. But, you know, I've been trying to make music. So if, you know, whatever is going to move, I noticed, like, cause I, I'll get a, I'll get a pack of free beats, right? Mm-hmm. And then they might be some good ass beats, but for some reason I gotta force myself to write to it, or I get a writer's block. But yeah. it might be a dope ass beat if I let you hear like the bass, everything popping. But for somehow when the when the dude that sent me the this flight beat that I'm talking about, everything flight though that song, I um. I'm listening to the beat and like within ten seconds I got like the the hook that everybody likes. Within 10 seconds, that's already in my head. Everything, right though. Yeah. That's the first thing I said as soon as I heard the beat. That just came to me. And I got a song called Corleone. And honestly, I got producers out there. I got a lot of producers. But Corleone is honestly a YouTube So I just wanted to write to something that, you know what I mean? I heard that beat and instantly it was Corleone. Corleone. I had that melody already and all I heard was, uh, all I had was Corleone though. Yeah. And then I was, the Magazine artist, those be on me. Rolling on me. So, so I'm, I'm still learning now because me, I, I'm going to do, I love this shit. I do this shit. So if I get writer's block, I know that's what's supposed to happen and you either push through it or come later. So I'll do either one and it ain't nothing. But now I'm knowing that if you got to force yourself to write, unless it's a feature and it's a job, you know, when it comes to, when, it, when it's a feature and you got paid for it or something, that's when it becomes a job. But when you make music, it's a feeling and it's, 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 it's a pleasure to do it. So, there's no way you should be forcing yourself to write to a beat. If it don't come, when I see how easy shit comes, if it don't come, it don't come. So I know being young and all that shit, having beats is scarce, especially um, original beats. Being young back in the day, we'll take the sound, we'll take like all the beats from the industry and rap over them. So yeah. once you got a uh, once you got a motherfucking original beat, that was something that you rapped on no matter what. Like nigga, so so now I don't gotta force myself. I'm getting better beats. I don't gotta rap on every beat I hear just because it's tight because it might not be the vibe for me. And so, what's what's your process like? So you know, you touched Am I on. Up? Uh, no, I think you're pretty good. There was just a little bit of lag there, but I think overall you're pretty good. 
what's your process like when it comes to to writing music? Do you still use paper and pen, or do you have like a, a laptop? Do you do it on your phone? What's what's your process? I'll be trying to connect so much. So sometimes, because you know, it all started off with the pen, but um, like you know, we got phones now, so everybody writes on their phone. It's more convenient and all that shit. So usually. I write on my phone, but sometimes I just want to connect with the roots of, of me and what it, how it all started. So yeah, I, I got a notebook at home that I write in too. It was written, everything was written. I write it down for the lab and you know, not have nothing in mind, just put the beat on, let me go in the booth and do my thing, you feel me? So it, it's, it, it varies, but more recently is when, you know, I live faster, shit is moving faster for me. So, you know, I, like my, I used to tell people, my best raps came in like math class where I'm supposed to be taking notes. Mm. See me look, and I'm acting it out. I'm looking down, and, and, and I'm coming with some tight ass. But I know I'm not writing a fire ass rap up. I ain't doing no homework or nothing because yeah. look, I'm finna be this famous <laughs> guy before high school's over in my head. But you know, everything don't work like, like that, and I'm kind of glad it didn't because I would have been naive, and it could have been short lived. And like I said we want longevity. You feel me? So a lot of shit I don't learn. You gave me a million dollars at 17. That should have been gone <laughs> straight yeah. up. So, you know, everything happened for a reason, but the plan was to be, and then, like I said, I wanted to be, like, I remember Lil Bow Wow was out, and me and Adonis wanted to be, like, the the non, like, I don't know, Bow Wow was doing this shit, I ain't gonna lie, but it's like, we wanted, like, Criss Cross was more of our style, like, Criss Cross yeah. came like, what? Uh, Bow Wow was more, you know, he made money, he was more friendly, you could put Bow Wow on Nickelodeon and all that. Chris yeah. Cross wasn't coming on Nickelodeon. They they was a little too rugged looking. They, you know what I mean? So we wanted we wanted to basically be what we was, you know. Bow Wow didn't grow up how we grew up. We wanted to be that version of it. So we like Romeo and Bow Wow. They tight. We gonna show them how we do it though. You feel me? Yeah. And, and so, you know, you talk about what you expected when you were young versus what now, like what's happening now. How do you feel? What are the challenges? What surprised you in your journey? Like. You know, obviously, when you're young, you have all these ideas about what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, when you're in the world and you're recording music and there's a few other realities um, that are happening. So what surprised you about the world of hip hop? Surprise, surprise. Let me see. You know, it should come with a lot of surprises, but those they're like minor little shit, like whatever just happened at a show. Or, but I'm trying to think of a surprise that would be significant. Um, a big surprise to me, I ain't going to lie, this is it. This is Adonis. That's my boy. Like I said, he was a pro- he's a prodigy. If you if you dig into his crap, you really you you'll feel what I'm talking about. But um, uh, something that surprised me is that I remember thinking like, you know, we so young and talented. Even little Bow Wow, we seen how talented he was. But uh, that's one thing. Oh, he don't write his own raps. Ah, right, we got him. We won up yeah. on him. You know, it's competition. We ain't hating or nothing. It's competition. So right now, everybody's saying he's the best kid, and we're like, nah, we kids too. You feel me? Yeah. So. So, so, so at the end of the day, it was, it, it was, it's really, it was competition, but that's really, I lost my train of thought really. What'd you ask me? Just about what surprised you about hip hop. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so what surprised me was that when I actually got out of San Diego, there's talent everywhere. We thought we was like, we're, we're the only eight years old that could, oh, well, I wasn't that tight at eight. About, about 12, I had it together. You feel me? So I'm thinking we're the only 12 years old that's this tight, especially him. He's a little better than me, Adonis. At the time, you feel me? I wouldn't put nobody above me right now, man. You know, I'm talking about this play with. But now, look, um, yeah, so at that time, I'm thinking for sure there's no young nigga close. Like, I felt like, you know, when, when Superman was born and he found out he was Superman, there's nobody like him, for sure. Yeah. You feel me? So that's how I felt, like, nigga, there's no young dude spitting like this. And then 
not to not and I found out that there's some in my city. Shout out Oso Ocean. Shout out a lot of these talented rappers that's like damn, y'all was rapping south a little too. Y'all just built from a different side, so I never heard of y'all until I heard of y'all, you feel me? So then yeah. then not to mention I go to Atlanta or you know, I travel a lot. I'm on the way to Houston right now. So I go to Atlanta thinking, look, I'm nigga, I'm tight. They gonna they gonna respect this. I go to Atlanta, it's a whole different culture. So like what I think is tight, they don't think it's tight. So yeah. if I can spit that, I can spit them bars all I want. And somebody gonna come with the auto tune and say two words the whole time, and they gonna say he chopped me. Yeah. And he probably did, cause cause now I'm respecting the art. There's no way, especially if you got success in the game, you don't suck to me. Yeah. You know, it's a different standard now. So it's like if you're doing your thing and it's successful, I don't care if you mumbling the whole time. If it's got a trillion hits organically. You got fans and shit. You you tight. <laughs> and Period. so, yeah. And so now, you know, you you talk about success, and now I think we're seeing, you know, a new wave, and you know, women coming up in hip hop, and you know, we've got you know Cardi B making waves. You've got Megan Three Stallion making waves. So Cardi, Cardi B, we got the accent. <laughs> nah, fucking Cardi. Where's Cardi? Now we have no. Yeah, so I was just going to say, so obviously, you know, hip-hop is now reaching a new wave of of an audience, you know, getting more female artists up in there. You know, we've got, you know, artists like Shane Wan, a few others coming into the game. How do you see that more than just male hip-hop artists, but now we're seeing, you know, female hip-hop artists get out there and, you know, show us that, you know, this is not just a male-dominated industry? I feel like they always had, like, one or two good ones. Like, you know, there was always MC Life. She was rocking shit. You got fucking Lil' Kim came in and uh, Foxy Brown. It always was one or two, right? Yeah. And for some reason, they always got it pinned against each other for, for no reason. And that's how the world is, you know? I just told you how the Bloods and Crips was probably cool one day and they got pinned against each other for no reason. You got Pepsi versus Coca-Cola when they got the same owner. So it's always mm. that sales, I guess, you know? They made Lil' Bow Wow and, and Lil' Romeo beef when them niggas used to ride scooters together, you feel me? So, so to go with you was saying, it's like, they're they going to bring competition. But nowadays, like, like, you know, I think Nicki Minaj and Cardi B was like the last of that. Yeah. I'm the only bitch. I'm the only bitch. Because honestly, I felt where Lil' Kim was coming from. It's like, you stole my whole style and did all this. But shit. Like I said, it's always going to be somebody that influences somebody. So I don't know who went about it the wrong way first, but it started to where they feuded when they could have just been cool. You the big yeah. homegirl. Nicki and Nicki with Lil' Kim. Even though Lil' Kim older now, she probably watched. Nicki with Lil' Kim just being homegirls is, is epic to me. Yeah, nigga, that's 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 big homegirl and little homegirl. Why not? But you know, now like I said, I'm seeing Meg Thee Stallion with Cardi. Cardi, not really a rapper. She got turned into a rapper, but still, her energy towards it is like shit. We can all win, shit. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, I feel like I seen. I think I, if I'm not mistaken, she got a song with Meg Thee Stallion. Yeah, they dropped one. I like seeing shit like that, and then you know, they can keep it going. He can get Cardi B with Jenny Janae. I, Ikeo, however you say her name, Janae Aiko, get her yeah. on the hook. You got Megan Stallion on the second verse. And then, nigga, what's another bitch that's popping? You know what I mean? That should always happen, but the females is too, like, territorial about that shit. Like, I'm the only bitch popping. Y'all trying to copy me. None of y'all have fake ass till I have fake ass. Respectfully, yeah. you know? Shit. I feel like Lil' Kim paved the way for motherfuckers. Nicki Minaj came and did it and paved the way. Perfect example, Drake. Yeah. When he first came out, he sounded too much like Lil Wayne for me. And then... Now he sounds like his own self and everybody yeah. wants to sound like him. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, with 
with time, it comes into, you know, they'll stop pitting other female artists against one another. I think when it, there's only two, they always like to say who's better. Um, but, you know, now that we've got more female artists heading into the industry, you know, we get to, to have that's more appreciation. Yeah, that's probably what it is, too. It's so scarce. There's like, you know, <laughs> I'm the only bitch here. And, you know, if you come, I might be out because there's only room for one bitch, obviously. Yeah. History's telling us there's only room for one of us. So I get that. That's probably what it is. But, like, when more start coming, you got motherfuckers coming from all different colors. You got you got motherfucking everybody doing it as, as far as the females. You know, the, us men been doing this shit all colors. But you got, you got the white girls rapping. You got the black girls rapping. You got the Hispanics. You got the mixed. They all rapping. You feel me? And they all, you know I mean, fake booty, real booty, all that shit. That shit all, that shit all coming together. So, you know. Well, I the like thing that. I do I like love that. about, the thing I love about hip hop is that if it's good, it's good. And if people like it, they like it. And that's, yeah. that's as simple as it is. So um, you're the perfect example. You know, it doesn't really matter where you're from, who you are, as long as you're releasing real music, music that you can stand by, then I think everybody's happy. Right, right, exactly. So that's what's going to like, no matter what the fuck, like, you know, I'm lyrical and I love lyrics. I love to display lyrics. So that's what I'm gonna continue to do. I'm a poet, you feel me? I, I'm, I'm more of a poet than a rapper. I'm more of a, um, I'm more of an artist than a rapper, you know? Yeah. I'm no rapper, cliche name, you know? Everybody can rap now, so it's like, even, even you know, I can go play on the court right now. That don't make me a professional basketball player. Yeah. You gotta draw the line somewhere. Because, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, can go to the, I can go to the go drop a lot of points right now. And that don't mean I'm ready for Steph Curry. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm always draw the line. When it comes to competitiveness, I'm competitive with my shit. But I'm not going to be biased to the other form. And, you know, some people are just really having fun with it. Some people, I prepare this shit to where I don't want nobody to disrespect this. I love this shit. But then again, it's like, you love it too, bro. And you want to get high and just say whatever you want to say, whatever, man. And by the way, that shit kind of sound wavy. Do your shit. You feel me? That's yeah. where I'm at with it. Yeah, always have your own style. Stay true to you. I think, you know, when it's legitimate and it, when it's truthful and it comes from inside, it always sounds better um, rather than, you know, trying to create a, an image that, you you know, you don't really adhere to. So um, I think, you know, you've done that for a long time. So that works. And, you know, we see... You know, you're showing me the video of you. You're on the road. You're heading off um, to to Houston, and to are you performing shows yeah, out I, there? I had to do something with my hands. Uh, uh, well, you know, uh, we finna see what's up. Houston is open right now. It's been a while since I've been to a city that actually has open clubs and all this shit. You know, so mm. I'm finna see what it do. I got a studio session in the morning, uh, and then I got a pod, I got a radio station interview later on tomorrow. Well, so, let uh, me just say, man, I'm jealous yeah, because. I've been in lockdown for six months. We have been in stage four. We haven't been, yeah. I've had curfew up until for the past couple of months, man. Like, you know, we can't go outside or anything like that. So I'm jealous that you get to travel interstate. So um, it's crazy stuff that's happening. Yeah, you know, they, they tell, I remember what I'm saying. Ain't nobody listening to that shit. Some people did. My mom, some people that are cautious, they don't know. Honestly, I was ready to stay in too. But the mm. night that it happened, like at midnight, you guys gotta stay in and all this shit. Meanwhile, I'm already out and I think I'm tipsy or something. So I'm like, I'm not gonna go. I'm gonna go home when I'm ready for that. You feel me? And yeah. that turned into me 
we, you know, I'm a, I'm an all night type of nigga. So I'm with, with the homies. We go to the studio. We do all type of shit. And I don't get home till five in the morning. And I don't feel pressed to stay in the house the next day. So my life never really changed during the quarantine. Maybe my favorite store was closed or whatever, but it kind of got better as far as you know. Yeah. Well. Well, the good thing is that, you know, for, for people like yourself, it gives you the opportunity to keep working on the art um, and stuff like that. But if you had to recommend one album, one hip hop album that everybody listens to other than your own music, what would you recommend? What would be your one album suggestion that everyone should listen to at least once? That's very hard, bro. That's a hard one. I'm trying to think of one for you. That's like, a, like I remember, yeah, I'll be telling my brother, it's like picking your favorite movie. I can pick one and then I can pick, I can probably, I can pick 10. So I, I could give you two. That's cool. Bro, want me to narrow it to one? If you could narrow it to one, that'd be two. awesome. All right, so uh, one album. One album. Damn. Because I don't want to be biased in what works for me. So what are they using the album for? They know about hip-hop or what? It's, it's up to you. It's just your recommended. So everybody, if they had to listen to one hip-hop album in their life, you know, everybody should listen to it. You know, this is just purely your opinion, something that everybody should listen to and have an appreciation for. Um, what would that album be? Tupac, All Eyes on Me. Final answer. Yes. There we go. go there we go. You heard okay. it here first. I can't really go wrong with that. I don't want to overthink it. You didn't hear me? Nah, we, we heard you. So Tupac, All Eyes on Me, Don Elway's one album that everybody should listen to at least once. So... Uh, get around it and then obviously let us know what you think um it's one of the classic albums obviously tupac a big influence in in your life as well so um i, I like that recommendation a lot all right man well um just before we finish up because you're on the road you're, you're heading off to houston is there anything you want to plug anything you want to you want to touch on shit album coming soon it's the difference man uh look out for a lot of shit going on we got some shit in the works I got videos coming out, you know, just the regular shit. We're going we to we, we keep working and we're going we to probably, we're going we to turn it up. Follow Don Elway on Instagram, Don underscore Elway. It's Elway or no way. Um, check his stuff out on Spotify, on Apple Music, wherever you get your music from. But obviously you got to hear a little bit about his story and you know a little bit about what influences him. But, you know, I appreciate you coming coming in, especially during this busy time for you, man. I appreciate you sitting down and having a chat with me. Yeah, uncontrollable entertainment. So look, man, it's everywhere in our way. Shout out my boy, man. Let's do this again. Yeah, let's do it again. When you drop your next album, we can organize an, another time and we can sit down. You can tell me all about your journey and, and what you did. Perfect, perfect. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram at the underscore slim fitty biggie committee. And stay tuned for our next podcast. Bye for now.